This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Idea to Life podcast. This is the podcast for you if you're getting started selling products or if you'd like to create your own product to sell. I'm Vicky Weinberg, a product creation coach and Amazon expert. Every week I share friendly, practical advice as well as inspirational stories from small businesses. Let's get started. Charlotte Watts is the owner of Made on the Street. Charlotte makes stylish, affordable, sustainable clothing for babies and children. I had a really great chat with Charlotte. We spoke about how she taught herself to sew and how to make clothes. Um, Her business is still quite young, it's less than two years old, and she's done so much in that time, which she's going to talk to us about. One thing we spoke about that I particularly enjoyed was she was talking about how she has um, representatives of her brand, so customers that she works with to inform what designs and patterns she makes, and they give her input, and also how they help promote her business as well. I thought this was a really interesting model. I don't think I've heard of anyone else doing this. And I'm sure that, you know, this would be something that um, for lots of us is something perhaps to to think about. So I really hope you're inspired by Charlotte and enjoy her conversation. So hi, Charlotte. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Can we please start with you giving an introduction to yourself, your business and what you sell? Yeah, so I'm Charlotte, um, mummy of two on a normal day-to-day basis, but um, I started Made on the Street um, back in 2021, and Made on the Street is um, a handmade children's and babies clothing business. Oh, thank you. And I'd love to know a bit more about the story about why you started Made on the Street, because I believe the business is fairly young still, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So um, it'll be two years um, this September. Um, So basically... During my maternity leave of my youngest, um, she'll be three in October, I, I just, I fell in love with being around my kids. Um, I'd been furloughed at the beginning of lockdown um, and during my actual maternity leave while she was here, I needed something to do to keep me busy and occupied and, you know, as you do, mums like to keep ourselves really busy and I decided I'd get the sewing machine out and make some little outfits for her. And a few friends had seen what I'd made and lo and behold, Made on the Street started. And had you um, been making your own clothes before, Charlotte? So how did you even know how to do that? I've made bits for my kids here and there. So my eldest is five. So I've made, you know, the odd bit here and there for him when he was a baby. But no, not really. I've never made anything. So I'm I'm really self-taught and it's all trial and error. Um, and yeah, I just fell in love with sewing again and I bought a pattern bought another pattern and next thing I have a big binder full of patterns and I thought I'm going to try this and see how it goes and yeah people liked what I made so oh that's amazing so did you 
did you like go to classes or watch YouTube or did you literally just sit at home and figure it out? I'm just, I'm just fascinated. Yeah, no, can make um, things. yeah. So during secondary school, when I was about, I don't know, 14, 15, we had lessons to make, you know, the little pea bags with the drawstrings or pillow cushions and what have you, but nothing, nothing to this extent. I, yeah, it was literally, I thought, oh, I'll make something. I'll, you know, I need to keep myself busy. And yeah, I just sat down and watched a couple of YouTube videos just because I'm a visual learner. I, I can work it out better if I see it. And yeah, now I just give it a go. I buy some patterns and I, if I like it and I think, oh, that'd sell really well. then yeah. Well, that's brilliant. Thank you. Well, thank you for explaining that. And obviously you buy the patterns, um, but you also have to source fabric, I guess, as well. Yeah. Um, and I've looked at your website and I encourage everyone to look at your website. It will be linked up in the show notes. Um, and your fabrics are so unique. That's something that really stood out to me when I looked is that I'm seeing like designs and things I, I don't see everywhere because you know what I mean? Sometimes you can see similar fabrics popping up, yeah. um, but yours look really unique. Where Where do you find them? I'm really lucky that um, after joining Instagram to promote my business, I've come across some really great pattern designers. Um, so I get, I buy the seamless patterns off some of these ladies and then they're exclusive to me. So no one else will have said pattern or said colorway or whichever you like. So I've really enjoyed having that aspect that I can say, oh, you won't, ha- you won't see this anywhere else. So yeah. And then, so I've bought, patterns and then I've done a lot of research into who's better at printing the fabric and the colors that come out better and yeah the quality and the feel and so my kids have had a lot of clothes to try on as I've tested fabrics and who's the better producer of the fabrics so but I like I like to keep everything UK made so a lot of my fabrics um, are from UK businesses as well. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So some of the bits, so some of the fabric you are buying in mm-hmm. as fabric, but you're you're actually getting these designs printed as well. Yeah. Oh wow. How do you even going about finding someone that can print on pa- fabrics? I'm assuming you're printing rolls. You're not just printing like a square. Um, yeah. No. So um, some fabrics I print in one meters, so it's not a lot. You can get a couple of outfits from one meters, but they're what I like to do as my test pieces. But then majority I buy, I don't know, five metres plus 10 metres, 25 metres if it's something that really sells. So I have a lovely big um, bookcase next to me that houses all my fabrics. <laughs> oh, wow. And was it a case of, so first of all, you had to, I guess you say, find the designs. And that was that literally just Instagram you made all of those connections? Yeah. yeah. So I've, I think I've got, I think five or six ladies that I've um, bought quite a lot of designs off of them, um, which it's quite addictive. <laughs> so I, I found them, I bought one or two patterns, had them printed. I loved how they printed out. And then I've kind of just, yeah, stuck to them ladies and bought some more as I go along. Well, that's really nice. And are they um, designing, are you working with them on the designs or are they or do they have designs that you're like, oh, I really um, like that? So some, some, sometimes I'm working with them. So I had um, some Christmas designs off of uh, two ladies um, that I worked with them. I said, this is what I'm aiming for. This is what I'd really like. And they really wor- worked well and came out with these brilliant designs um, and sold out my Christmas fabrics, which was amazing. And then some of them they've already designed. Um, 
and yeah I just love them and I'll buy them and then sometimes they ask for input and it's like oh this would be really nice and they're really great that they're like well do you want this designed like you've put input in you know we'll let you have first dibs so there's there's loads of designs on my computer (laughs) oh that's really nice and do you get input from customers as well do customers say to you can you make this with a Unicorn I have on some or whatever really, it is. really great ladies um, that rep for me. Um, so I do ask their input and, you know, they'll be like, oh, you should get, I don't know, a unicorn design or you should get this mummy and turtle design that would be really nice for baby bundles or, you know, they're, like they're really great ladies. I've made some really good friends along with making a business as well. Oh, that sounds interesting. And we'll talk about that a little bit more if that's okay. Yeah. In, in a moment so once you've got the fabrics how did you go about getting them actually printed because it sounds like you've literally just you know done all of this from scratch you've taught yourself I think it's I think it's amazing by the way that you've sort of gone ahead and done all of this because you're making it sound really easy but I bet it's not as easy as it, <laughs> <laughs> it can be really stressful it can be really stressful and my partner will vouch for me that some nights I'm up until two three o'clock in the, in the morning and I'm like I can't get this situation out of my head and you know I'll fester and fester on what's going wrong and I need to get it fixed and if something's printed wrong or looking for someone else um, to print these designs that that I want such a colour to be so vibrant that I look for this particular fabric printer and yeah it just some nights it can really fester in my head that I need to get this fixed. (laughs) I think that's having your own business, isn't it? There's oh, always yeah, something to think about. So are all of your fabric printers in the in the UK then? Um, majority of what I use. There is one lady that does um, European fabric printing. Um, so I try to use her a little bit less just because I like the fact of saying that everything is UK made, printed. It's all come from the UK. That makes sense. And how did you go about finding printers? Because I know that you can probably go onto Google and search and get loads of results, but how would you actually go about finding someone that you want to work with that's kind of printing them as you want? So like you say, Google to start with, and then it was just a case of trial and error and seeing how an example of a design printed out, um, how the stretch of the fabric, if it lasted well with the wash, the tumble drying, you know, as a mother, I like quick and easy. So I want clothes that I can wash, tumble dry, and that's it. I don't want to be faffing that you only have to do hand wash and hand dry and leave flat to dry. So I wanted something that would withstand mum life. That makes sense. You must be learning loads about fabrics as well. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. It's all a learning curve for me as well. <laughs> And are you using all the, sorry, gosh, I know I'm asking so many questions, but we've got to get all of this out of you. <laughs> so are you, um, are you using like one particular type of fabric and you don't need to tell me what fabric you use, you use but. Um, at um, the moment I'm sticking to just Jersey fabric. So, which is 95% cotton, 5% elastane. So it's got the good stretch and the recovery for the children that are on the move, crawling, rolling, running. So I like to use that, that it's a nice stretch, but I am venturing into just some cotton, just 100% cotton dresses, just some nice girly designs that I'm testing the waters with at the moment. Oh, that sounds lovely, especially as we're coming into summer. Yeah. 
That's really nice. And is it, I'm, I know I've got so many questions, but I am fascinated by anyone who makes anything, Charlotte. Um, I guess, does that affect how you actually put them together? As in, you know, physically like cutting and sewing fabric. The different fabrics must make such a big difference. I'm just thinking, what a massive learning curve this all must be. Yeah, so um, the cotton's actually easier to cut out because there's no stretch, there's no recovery for it. Whereas the stretch fabric that I tend to use a lot, there is stretch with it. So you have to learn to position it just right no stretch so it's not a false cutout um but again trial and error I learned that the hard way of making my kids some bits that I was like why isn't this big enough it was big enough in the pattern and yeah so I learned that the hard way whereas the cotton's nicer to cut out because there's not really any stretch to it but it is harder to sew I find because it's such a stiff fabric I know what you mean cotton's quite I guess it's quite quite unforgiving isn't it like the lines you know I'm just thinking that you can sort of tell when cotton's poorly stitched, can't you? It's yeah. fairly obvious. Oh, wow. It sounds like you've got so much sort of trial and error over the years. Oh, it sounds like Charlotte to get to where you've got to. Um, so let's talk a bit actually about the past few years. So you mentioned that you've are coming up for two years in the autumn. Yeah. So how, what's changed in those two years? How have, you know, you mentioned you started making the clothes for your kids and for friends, mm-hmm. children. And so Talk us through sort of what's changed now, where you are up to. Okay. So originally when I started sewing, um, everyone likes to call me the Harry Potter sewer because I did start sewing in the cupboard under my stairs in my house. So I literally had a little bench. It would have my two machines on and I'd get on my wheelie chair and I'd slide in. That was it. I had probably one little, little, um, oh, what do you call them? Well, a little piece of meter of fabric um, and that was it. I'd, you know, make one outfit, see if that would sell, and then I'd get some more fabric in. Now I'm really lucky. I had a great opportunity just after turning one year old, I think it was. I had a really great opportunity that allowed me to build the shed that I'm in now where I make all of my makes. So this is actually on the outside of my house um, that was built especially for this. So all my my sewing machines are behind me. I've got a projector above me to cut up all my fabric. Um, So my patterns are projected down. I have so much fabric in here. It's hard to move some days. <laughs> um, I've just recently, um, actually today, just put my um, some of my makes into a local shop. Um, and then we have a little um, gallery down the road in my village that I've got some makes in there as well. So it's just nice to, I'm just, I'm branching out into physical items as opposed to just selling them on my website. Um, so my my aim is I'd like to get into one or two more shops for now just to kind of test the waters if they're if they're wanted to be seen in the physical form. Um as again, as a mum, you always want to give the, the fabric that little feel, don't you, to know if it's decent or not. Definitely. I think you're right, especially with, with clothes. It's like something that's really nice to be able to buy in person. Yeah. So that sounds great. And by the way, your space looks amazing. I know no one else can see it, but it looks really light. Thank you. Look at all your windows. It was lovely. <laughs> and so you mentioned that before you were just, you know, you're getting an order and making it. Is that, um, has having stopped in shops kind of changed how you make? Because I guess before you were making on demand, are you having to make larger quantities now? Um, I still make on demand. Um, a lot of my sales are still on demand, which is brilliant. You know, I, I love the fact that seeing what everyone wants, um, different fabric options coming through, different styles. But I have started making on a larger demand just so that I have the stock there and the ready-made side of things and so that I can ring up 
said shops and be like, have you sold anything this week? Oh, okay, I'll bring some stock in. So it's ready and it's there to go that I'm not having to keep them waiting as well. That makes sense. I think it makes a lot of sense when you can make on demand because mm-hmm. like you said, there's no waste either, is there, which is no. brilliant. And you mentioned earlier the ladies that you were working with that give you feedback and input. Do you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, originally when I first started, I thought, oh, no one's going to want to rep or, you know, be involved sort of thing. So I was really lucky when people started asking if I was doing anything along the rep lines and, you know, if I was, you know, willing to do anything like that. Um, So I kind of, you know, took a leap of faith and it didn't work out brilliantly the first time. So it's all trial and error. Um, But I've recently started again at Rep Ventures. Um, And, you know, there's a little group of them that have bought from me from the beginning. So they know what sort of fabrics I like, what sort of designs I like. So they're always like, oh, have you seen this design? And have you thought about doing this sort of um, outfit for the summer? And, you know, I always take their opinions on board and it's great that they're all there to help. And some of them have their own little businesses as well. So it's nice that sometimes it's like, oh, do you fancy doing a little collab that we can do this outfit with that sort of bow or headband that you do? And it's really nice that, you know, it's nice that I've made friends as well as like customers as well. Yeah, that is really nice. And for anyone who doesn't know how it works, so how does reps work? I mean, we can talk about just how it works for your business, but say how... So for my business... um, I obviously advertise that I'm looking for someone to rep for me, so represent me, um, that they've bought from me in the past or want to buy from me in the future. I offer them a discount um, for them to promote me, if you like, and then I give them a code for them to offer to their friends, followers, family, whoever you like, so that they get a little bit of a discount as well. So they're getting a little bit off of my makes for their time of posting on Instagram or Facebook. Oh, that's so interesting. I don't know anyone who's done this sort of model before, so I'm really quite fascinated. You mentioned when you first started it, it didn't go well. Would you mind telling us, and obviously only as much as you want to, what wasn't working out? Just because I'm thinking that people might be able to learn from it. Yeah, I think it, I think it all depends on the people that you ask to do it for you. You need to kind of um, look at what their Instagram, their social media, you know, if they're active, if they're not active. You know, some people can be really active and they're they're great, but some people are really active and they're not active for you. So it's it's just trial and error. And at the the first time I tried it, I had some people, and they were lovely ladies. They were, but they just weren't interested in working with me. They were kind of they just wanted the discount code for themselves. They they never really promoted that bit more. Which you know, it's fine. It's all trial and error, isn't it? So. That makes sense. Yeah. And you're, and you're right. And it's good that you learned that. And do people sign up for a set amount of time or is it just? Yeah. So I, I tend to do um, like a three, four months period. Um, so the kind, the ladies that are involved at the moment, they've done just after Christmas and they'll do up until I think it's end of April, if I remember correctly. So they've kind of had a bit of Christmassy, a uh, bit of wintry Easter stuff as well and then obviously I'll look for new ladies first uh, end of spring summer to bring in some new designs and what have you. Oh that's exciting so as well as using them for input you're also using them to well so using them they're also <laughs> promoting your products and showing pictures of their children wearing your clothes and things like yeah. that on social media that's really nice and I guess that also gives you some content you can use as well. Yeah, yeah it's lovely because I love the I Obviously, on my Instagram, there's lots of uh, flat lay pictures of my makes and items and what have you. But it's always nice to get the 
active shots and of the kids playing in the items and you know just enjoying the clothes you know I I I don't want them to be pristine pictures I love seeing the kids using them and being dirty in them and you know having fun like clothes are meant to be fun and as you say because you've really carefully chosen your fabrics you know they're fabrics that you can just throw in the washing machine it's nice to have clothes that they can just wear and enjoy every day rather than because you're right I am I have a son and a daughter my daughter definitely has the odd bit of clothing that she doesn't wear that often because I know that if it has to go in the well it doesn't even go in the washing machine I know it's a faff because I'll have to hand wash it and I'm like oh don't you can't wear that to the park because I don't really want to be (laughs) scrubbing it tonight but it's great that your clothes are so wearable Yeah, so my daughter, she's a nightmare for not keeping clean. So she's my prime example of that a lot of my clothes, you know, go into the washing machine with God knows how many stains over them or, you know, food or whatever she does. And they come out and they look fine. Well, that's brilliant. And I think that's really like an endorsement, isn't it, as well, for the for the fabric that you're using, that it just washes up really well. Because like you said, I think that's one of the most important things for parents. But it's nice that you're getting feedback from other parents as well. Yeah. kind of reinforce that how do you go about finding um ladies to work with you so some of the ladies I work with they're local and they're you know their kids go to the same school that my son goes to and they bought from me previously so it's just trial and error that oh do you fancy you know you buy a lot off me recently so do you fancy being a little rep and there'll be a little bit of a discount in it for you and nine times out of ten it works out brilliantly because they're like oh yeah like I like your stuff so it helps. Um, otherwise, I put posts up on Instagram and Facebook, kind of searching for people, asking people to share them, you know, if friends might be interested and stuff like that. And it usually works really well that people come in and, you know, ap- apply with their children. You know, they tell me a little bit about themselves, their children, what sort of photos they take, kind of share a couple of photos with me to, so I can see and, you know, most of them well nearly all of them that I've had apply are brilliant and I wish I could work with all of them because they do look amazing and the the kids are so cute like it really does make me broody seeing all the babies and the you know the toddlers and as you do but unfortunately small business I can't afford to work with hundreds and hundreds at the moment but you never know watch this space (laughs) Oh, that's really exciting. And also something you made a point of there that I didn't think about is I guess as your children get older, I guess it's going to be even more valuable to have um, other young families working with you because your children presumably will get to a point where maybe you're not making clothes for that age, but you'll still need the pictures and people to test them out and stuff. So that's really smart. And I hope you don't mind asking me me asking you so many questions about this, Charlotte. It's just I think that... I just think it's such so clever. And when I saw the reference on your website, I thought that's so smart because I think a lot of businesses, if they wanted to, could do something smaller. And then you have another small group of people as well as giving you input, but also helping to promote your products because yeah. that's what people need, isn't it? Especially with clothes, you want to see people wearing them. Yeah. Oh no, as small businesses, we've got to stick together. It's so, especially with everything that's going on in the world at the moment, it's so hard. So it's so nice that you know, if my small business can help that small business and another small business just by sharing pictures that have got my items, their items, and that we can all help each other out. It's just, it's nice to be able to stick together at the moment. Definitely. And that's why I also really appreciate you being here as well, because I think just what you've shared is going to really help other businesses who listen to this podcast as well, because I'm convinced at least one person will hear this and go, oh, I could try that. And I just think that's 
yeah, I just think that's, that's the whole reason I do this. I just think it's amazing that people can get ideas and input from each other. And um, yeah, and I really appreciate the, you sharing so much because I know I've bombarded you with questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I've got one final piece of, uh, one, one final piece of advice. No, I don't, I don't have any advice, Charlotte. I have a question, which is what would your number piece, number one piece of advice be for other product creators? What's the one thing you'd like to leave us with? I think don't give up at the first hurdle. It, you, you've got to keep trying. I think if I'd given up when I first started and, you know, certain items weren't working out, certain items didn't sell, and I was left with so, men, so much stock fabric, and I, you know, if I just left it there, it just wouldn't have been worth my time to start it up. So just don't give up. Keep going. Like that moment that you get over the hill is coming and it will will arrive. Thank you so much. I really like that. Thank you. And I think, yeah, you've embodied that really well. When you, you know, all that you've shared, you can definitely set, set sail. You know, you've mentioned trial and error a few times. I think you're a really good example of just trying things and changing things. And you're right. You have to be adaptable because I think in there's hardly anything where your first idea is the best or the way you do things oh, no, originally definitely. is yeah so it's really good I think it's really useful for people to hear that so thank you so much Charlotte oh no you're welcome thank you for having me Thank you so much for listening right to the end of this episode. Do remember that you can get the full back catalogue and lots of free resources on my website, vickyweinberg.com. Please do remember to rate and review this episode if you've enjoyed it and also share it with a friend who you think might find it useful. Thank you again and see you next week. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.